What up, Knowledge Junkies and Junkettes, man? It is 2021, man. 2020 was a long year. I'm so pumped to be back with the third episode of Knowledge Junkies. Of course, this is your host, Calvin Dorsey. Um, today's episode is going to be really special. Um, I'm actually bringing in uh, my best friend, uh, Pastor Brian Henderson from Cleveland, Ohio. And we're going to talk about the ethnicity or culture of Jesus. And many times out there, we always see these debates and talks about white Jesus or black Jesus. And my brother brings some great scholarly work um, to the, the conversation. And I'm really excited about it. I'm sorry it took so long to bring you another pod. Um, in the words of Rakim, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope pod to step to. Um, I just hope you guys really enjoy it as much as I did. Um, also, too, today's episode is brought to you by Messianic Clothing Line. It is a, a really dope clothing line. I actually am in the process of ordering my I Am Premium Long Sleeve Tee soon. It's only $25, and right now I believe they actually have 15% off, so you better jump on it. If you want to get on some dope uh, uh, clothing line that is inspired by some believers, it's called MessianicSupply.com. Go to www.messianicsupply.com messianicsupply.com and that's it and we're just gonna dive right into the episode play the beat Um, I got uh, my best friend here. Um, they know this man. I think it's almost been like twenty years. Has it been over twenty? Some, years? something like that. I didn't lost count. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely lost count. Um, but uh, uh, best friend, um, and I'm excited because if, if you been paying attention to the show notes and all the different stuff that I'm, I'm doing, um, we got a dope topic today. Uh, the topic is um, Jesus, uh, more specifically, Black Jesus, White Jesus. Um, and given the current climate of Christianity and everything that's been going on, um, this is good, should be a dope conversation. And so uh, just for starters, man, um, some people uh, may not, I'm familiar with your background. I know I'm actually pumped. Y'all don't know. This is, this is a <laughs> closet theologian. Um, uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm just let y'all know this is a closet theologian. Um, he is a. I always say the example. One of my favorite movies of all time is the movie Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is about this genius dude who uh, is not in school and he he randomly gets found out to go to Harvard and he has a line in there. And the guy is bragging about going to some Ivy League school. And the guy says, uh, "Great, you paid thousand dollars for what you can get with a library card." And, um, and he basically is making this sentiment is that um, what school does is it it gives you the disciplines to uh, uh, read. But there are certain people who don't necessarily need those disciplines to read and they can get the education um, without necessarily uh, going through these grinds of having a teacher fail or flunk you. And I always say this about my brother, man, he is one of them brothers, man, who has attained a great deal of knowledge with a library card or maybe just a, <laughs> a, a, a insane Amazon account of reading an insane amount of books um, and educating himself. And so for people that do not know you, uh, Brian Henderson. So wh what do you do for a living? Tell the people what you do for a living. Yeah, man. Appreciate the introduction. Um, shout out to YouTube, man. Love what you're doing with this podcast. Can't wait to see what the Lord does, uh, does through it. Um, but for me, uh, I'm a church planner, a lead pastor of a congregation in the South Euclid area um, by the name of Living Stones, um, based out of First Peter chapter two. 
Um, so that's that's where most of my attention is going right now. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father of three young boys, uh, believer in Jesus, trying to make disciples. OK, OK, OK. All right. Um, so what has become kind of a staple on the show um it's the way we go so the whole podcast is based if you got you said you had a chance to listen um the podcast is based on culture uh ethnicity religion and everything in between so we touch on a lot of things and as a staple on the show i always ask the first question what is your ethnicity and the second question is partner with it man <laughs> name one thing that you protest about your ethnicity something that you that kind of irks you gets on your nerves and then one thing that you champion about your ethnicity or you could do it in reverse order just as long as you answer those questions yep. yeah 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 for sure so i am um i'm blackity black uh no, <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it i'm a african-american for sure um as far as things that I, I i champion and things that i i protest i start with what i what i protest um you know one thing that can be a bit of a pet peeve to me is uh when my fellow black people don't hold each other accountable mm, um where, where okay. we we can go out and, and um, you know, somebody that we know can go out and rob 10 banks um, and, and get rightfully convicted. And then the next day we'll stand outside the courtroom uh, demanding that he get freed when he just broke all these laws. Uh, things like that irk me yeah. um, because as much as I stand for black people and support black people and love black people, um, I think we need to hold each other accountable. And as far as things that I champion, that list is way too long. Um, but I'm a, I'm a fan of music, so you can't really see in the background, but I got about a thousand records in my basement of uh, soul records, Motown records, uh, jazz records, um, some of the greatest gospel artists, um, just a variety of genres of music in my basement, um, predominantly black music. Um, and I'm just very proud of the the, uh, the, the, he the rich heritage we have in the music industry and just the skilled artists that we have. So that will probably be it. Okay. Um, yeah. So the, the funny thing for me is, is, um, uh, I, that's the thing I protest too as well. Like, uh, I always think about, um, the fact that like, like you said, man, like we, we are so ride or die because I think sometimes ain't nobody else riding to die for black people except for themselves. So sometimes <laughs> we go overboard, man. Right. We like, man, somebody would be in committed triple homicide and then next thing you know we'd be like no we got given the benefit of doubt and i think um <laughs> as black people we should have learned a big lesson from oj man we rotted we rotted died with oj during the time and we literally made up all this stuff like he was right died but in the end we we had to come to a conclusion that oj did it <laughs> so clearly did it yeah so i i i champion i i i protest that as well man sometimes we just don't hold each other accountable as well um so uh, the que another question, man. So I I'm going to ask this, you know, we've been in a pandemic, but beyond just a pandemic, I'm going to ask you this from just a personal standpoint, man, for the past year, 2020, everybody thought, you know, the new year was going to come along and miraculously poof, things was going to change. Uh, we got people uh, uh, with MAGA hats storming the Capitol, man. The whole world is like crazy and the church is dumb divided. How have you been like mentally uh uh spiritually socially everything like how have you been in this pandemic in the middle of this like pretty much a civil civil split of a, you know the united states really yeah 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 good question so as far as the pandemic uh, it's been tough i'm not gonna lie it's definitely been tough uh, i'm a big uh family guy so not being able to see some of my extended family the way i normally would has been tough especially during the holiday season um and 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 even with uh, I'm pretty outgoing, consider myself to be a pretty outgoing person, even if it's just going around the corner to the park. 
uh, and having everything closed and not being able to, to do certain things with my children and go on normal date nights with my wife like we normally do has been challenging. Um, but, you know, we're making it through. And as far as just the the, the civil unrest in, in, in society and things of that sort, I've been good, man. You know, you know the reason I've been good is because I deactivated my social media for four months. So I went, <laughs> I went on a four month Facebook hiatus. So I was I was perfectly fine. Uh, and then, of course, seven days after I reactivated Capitol Hill's happened at Capitol Hill happens. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah. overall, I'm doing good. Uh, just trying to keep my sanity in the midst of this chaos. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy, man. Jokers is trying to start a coup. It's been a <laughs> crazy world, man. Uh, yeah, uh, it looks like um, we thought that 2020 was the end of the chapter, and it's looking like it's coming for a sequel. So we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. we don't know what's going on. Um, so uh, without, so we don't actually get into the topic, man. So um, mm-hmm. the topic at hand, I always say the elephant in the room, man, is we're going to talk about white Jesus and black Jesus, um, just to give a little. Pre-context, man, a lot of times this becomes a controversial thing. I actually put this out on social media about a week or two ago, and people swarmed all over it. And it seems that uh, people, unfortunately, in the Christian community, man, they're just really divided on these things. Like you see a lot, especially in the past year, we see a lot of overchamping of uh, mm-hmm. uh, black Jesus. And we've seen historically just so many things with the, this, these portrayals of a white Jesus. And it has an impacts and it affects um, religion. It, it, it affects the way we practice our faith and all these different things. So for, for information for people. So like, what is this story of like white Jesus? Like, how do we come about this? What it, what it, what is this whole topic of white Jesus? Yeah, so white Jesus um is, is all over the place. He, he's in every Christian movie we've ever seen. Uh he's on the stained glass of the church. Uh you know, if if you have a similar background as me, um you've you know grown up in in, in church and things of that sort, you've probably been in the neighborhood Black Baptist church with a big old mural of white Jesus in the backdrop saying his prayers. Um you know, he's definitely all over the place. He's on the cover of every the- theological book that I have in my library. Um and, 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 you know, it, it's really not a modern thing. It actually dates back further than what we think. Um, you know, a lot of people will probably say that uh, depictions of a white Jesus began in America. Um, but I would actually um, contest that. And I would say we can trace this all the way back um, in ancient history. And I want to I just want to talk about that for a minute. So first things first, um, when we're dealing with paintings and uh, imageries or, or um, iconography is the technical word when we're dealing with that. Um, prior to the third century, we don't have any depictions of Jesus period. So let's just say that off rip prior to the third century. And when I say third century, I'm talking about the two hundreds, like AD prior to that. Uh, there are no paintings. There are no sculptures. There are no no depictions of Jesus. So if you go on Google, when you type in earliest painting of Jesus and you see some guy say first century painting of Jesus found, and it's this black guy with an Afro just completely disregarded because no scholar will actually give that any credence or pay any attention to it. So oh, wow. what we do see is around the third century in the 200 sometime, uh, we see found in catacombs, which are basically underground uh, cemeteries. We do see paintings on the walls of these ancient catacombs and they're found in Syria. They're found in Italy, parts of Rome. They're all over the place. Um, and, and, and what's interesting is when you look at these depictions, they are drastically different um, than what we see today. So obviously, when we think about Jesus today, we see a white pale figure with long, blonde, wavy hair, sometimes red hair and a beard. Um, 
But when you look at these ancient depictions from the second, uh, I'm sorry, from the third century, um, there's no beard. Uh, there's no long hair. He has short hair. He actually looks like a very young, a, a young man. Um, and what scholars believe is that uh, those who were making these depictions of him were trying to paint him to look like a young philosopher because that was at a time period where philosophy was on and popping. So they weren't even really trying to depict him accurately. They were just trying to make him look like what they were used to, which was philosophers and things of that sort. So if you want to interject, let me know. If not, yeah. I, I can keep rolling. No, no. So that's that's actually huge. Um, and so when people people don't like I know for a fact, like like and just from experience around and just hearing from people, people like we live in a, a, a culture where it's like everything is social media and memes. And so a lot of people get their information and in these things. So knowing that that you don't even have any depictions um, of this before 300 um, AD is huge. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, so the, the question that would come after that is like, so here's the, the other question is in some of those earlier depictions, what was his melanin like? Was it, did they depict mm -hmm. him as lighter or did they <clears throat> depict him with any melanin in the skin? Like I'm interested to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the million dollar question. So when you look at those third century paintings, he just looks like a tan skinned guy. Um, some of it is so grainy where you can't really even attach a, a color to it um, specifically, but it's definitely, you know, a brown, sometimes a, a, a lighter brown tan colored uh, depiction. It's not pale white. It's not usually depicted as that, not, not that early on. We'll get to that later. Um, but it's usually a brown skin, usually a tan colored man with short hair and no beard. Um, that's generally how it looks in the third century. Okay, so okay, so that happens in the third century, and we know, I know, you know, we there's debates on the the how much influence or when did the influence of the Catholic Church? We know the historical mm -hmm. debate on you know Peter and all these different things on the history of the church. So when did like the the I always joke and say the Brad Pitt version of 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 Jesus start taking like popularity? When did that first like take root and get wave, like yeah, yeah. So we actually, uh, so again, you got to backtrack a little bit. So around the fourth century, um, that's when the depictions of Jesus started to change. So now we're talking in the three hundreds around the Constantine era. Okay. Now you start to get a long haired Jesus and a bearded Jesus. But what's interesting is he still doesn't look pale white. He still looks the same tan skinned guy, but he has longer hair and he has a beard. And uh, it's no conspiracy behind it. Most scholars believe or many scholars would say that the change of face and appearance had nothing to do with trying to ascribe a race or anything to him. Mm -hmm. But it had to do with uh, possibly the theological debates of the church. So around that time, there was much debate upon the deity of Jesus Christ, whether he was God, whether he was one with the father or not. So that post Constantine era, what artists started to do was paint Jesus to look more like a father figure to kind of equate him with the father. So now he has longer hair. Now he looks like a grown man with a full thick beard. And he's also sitting enthroned. He's imperial. He, he's in power. Cause remember at this point, Christianity was legal you got people getting conquered and things of that sort. So they started to paint Jesus being an older, more mature figure who was sitting on a throne and ruling and reigning. So that's, that's what took place around the fourth century. And it didn't replace those older images. You actually still had both, but you did see a gradual change. Wow. Um, yeah. So after that, if you want me to, you want me to touch on after that, you know, how, how the, the Brad Pitt image and all of that. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's keep going in that because I guess I guess I find that very interesting because you would think like it's it's so funny. Um, the influences of doctrine, um, and interpretation mm-hmm. of doctrine, um, influence some of the artists and not more so. Um, early on, what it would seem is not more so. Uh, preference of skin complexion and things of that sort. Like that wasn't the mm-hmm. initial thought. So, like, when did so we see doctor and trying to pick him more as a a, a a father figure? When did the where it became an overemphasis on a European features? Like, did, was that during like the Renaissance? Like, when did that happen? Yeah. So yes and no. So <laughs> again, during the fourth, fifth century era, um. In Rome, you start to see sculptures, and obviously sculptures. I mean, it's clay. You te- technically don't have a color to it. Is whatever the color of the materials are. But when you look at these sculptures, um, they depict Jesus in several biblical scenes. So, um, for example, you have a, a sculpture that depicts, excuse me, the triumphal entry. So when the Bible says Jesus rode in on a donkey and they were laying out palm branches, yelling out Hosanna. There's a really dope sculpture. I got to give it to him. It's a, from an artistic standpoint, it's a dope sculpture depicting that scene. But when you look at the figure riding on the donkey, he's clearly Roman. Like if, so if you look up a sculpture of like Julius Caesar, that's exactly how Jesus was depicted. So as early as fourth, fifth century, now you already got Jesus depicted as a white Roman, no facial hair, uh, facial features look clearly Roman, the little curly, knotty hair like the, the, the sculptures have to, to, to depict the ancient Romans. He looked like a Roman philosopher or an emperor. So I would say that is the out of all my research, that is where the earliest I could trace a European figure or depiction of Christ. And so it's so funny. Um, me and my wife had a chance to go to like a, a short term mission trip to Paris. And if you go there, you see all these. And one of the beautiful things about there is the history. Like um, mm-hmm. America is such a, a, a new country. Like people don't realize that we're just such a new country um, in the scope of just the world. So you go to somewhere like Paris and you're seeing sculptures that's 1500 years old. You're seeing mm-hmm. things from the Roman Empire. And one of the things I thought was dope was going to this. I believe it was called the uh, um, Museum of Dorset. It was actually funny. I just kept calling it the Dorsey Museum <laughs> the whole time. So um, it it actually has an insane amount of religious and, and very much exactly what you say. Um, it's depictions of all these scenes, and they're all look. They look very Greece. Uh, they look their origins are are are, are very Greece, or um, the other one is Roman in nature. And it's just that is the the they. And it's interesting. They look like very young boys. Um, they make mm-hmm. they, they have some. I, I don't know the history behind it, but they have a, a like a obsession with young men, and so a lot of depictions of Jesus, Mary, and everyone is very these young boys clean smooth face and they're all they're honestly they're all naked they are like butt naked in almost every single one um hey them greeks and the romans man i'm gonna talk about that but uh, but yeah it's, it's 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 interesting yeah yeah for sure and even some of the ancient pictures that had jesus depicted more as a tan colored skin guy uh from this you know third century you know they depict biblical scenes as well like jesus being baptized as one you see john the baptist and you see a young jesus and, you know, Jesus is naked in that picture, but, you know, he's like a young kid, but he's he's youthful. But again, you see the short hair and, and, and the tan colored skin. But once the Roman sculptures start, that's when I clearly saw a Europeanized Jesus. And so I know a little. So from the somewhat of the when did I, I so I know there was a, a point. Wasn't there a point when the 
I believe it was one of the artists, like one of the famous artists, one Michelangelo or Da Vinci, one of those guys made this depiction that became the like when like like was that the one that because I think that's the like that iconic picture that we mm-hmm. see that that portrayal that you'll see in like you know I, I worked for a Catholic organization one time and in every single hallway of every single building was that similar painting almost of Jesus mm-hmm. that you see replicated like and so when did that begin to kind of take its prominence? Yeah so you said it earlier uh the Renaissance age so you're talking, you know, what's that about 14th century to the 17th century? Uh, I don't know what artist started it, but one of them, one of them dudes <laughs> started yeah. painting these pictures of Jesus that went beyond just the Roman look. It went beyond just the long hair and beard. His skin became pale white um, and, and not only just pale white, you, you begin to notice a difference in mannerisms, um, almost more of a effeminate kind of softer version of Jesus where he's not this triumphant figure anymore. He's not even a philosophical figure anymore. He looks kind of, kind of girlish to, to, to be honest in some of these pictures with his body language and the, the softness of his face. Um, yeah, that, that, that probably started somewhere in France somewhere. I can't say for sure, but definitely in Europe is when you begin to see that, as you called it, the, 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 the Brad Pitt Fabio phase of Jesus's face. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's a testament um, for, I know this, um, that a lot of those artists, um, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, all of those guys, they often would use female models, um, mm. even for male sculpt, like male paintings. So um, it, it also explains why a lot of their, depending on, even if they did men, they just look very effeminate because they, they would use um, female models often. Um, so that that's interesting. And so we, fa- we just covered a lot of ground and we mm-hmm. fast forwarded uh, a few hundred years to toward this. And that's the picture we see kind of everywhere. We see it on t-shirts, um, designs. We even see it on modern clothes. Like I see modern like uh, hip hop clothing and mm-hmm. stuff that's depicting religious stuff. And it's always that picture, that last supper picture. Um, I don't think I've, I've stepped in tons of churches, whether black, white, Hindu, it doesn't matter the origin of the church. I've stepped in tons of churches spanning across tons of religion and i Mm -hmm. often see that depiction that picture is like the one that like makes the covers of books it's that heavy european one my question is to to even expand on this like what effect maybe i should ask um what effect does that have on christian like this your opinion like i'm i may not this is a random question on here but what effect does this have on Christianity as a whole? Not just the black community, mm-hmm. but Christianity as a whole. We'll get into the like effects of the black community, but yeah, yeah. I would say uh, as a whole, it, it it does indoctrinate and brainwashes um, into. I mean, let, I'm, I'm just going to be very transparent here. You know, I grew up as a kid, and whenever I would close my eyes and pray, I would envision Jesus as being a white guy um, because that's what I saw in the movies. That's what I saw on paintings. So I just assume. That's how we look. I never understood until later years that the Bible, which we're going to talk about later, um, that the Bible was filled with people that actually looked like me or was close to looking like me. So I think it indoctrinates a lot of us into thinking that Jesus is a white guy. And I think um, it does the same thing for for for, you know, people who are of European descent. I think it may give them um, this idea that Christianity is for them um, and nobody else. Um, not wow. to say that that's their intention, but it can do that to people. 
it's a bit empowering. I I, I think um, we 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 ignore sometimes the 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 impact of visual uh, mentors mm-hmm. and, and what it means. I remember um, like the first time I, I got a job and it empowered me to see black managers and black supervisors who were well-to-do and all these different things. And I began to look up to them. So we, we talk, it's huge in the communities to have a black teacher or somebody you can look at and say, wow, that could be me someday or that, that gives me pride. So the fact that the, the depiction of the savior (laughs) of the world is, 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 white or european or that is what they match so it gives is a bit empowering in ways um and so it, i yeah so it clearly has like a humongous impact um sure. what, what has been more so in the reverse like what has been the impact on black and brown communities because i know in black and brown communities it definitely has an impact yeah you hear this all the time if you're in any type of urban context um you know uh, many uh, African-Americans feel as though Christianity is not for them um, because everything in Christianity is whitewashed from their perspective. And because of this, they feel as though um, I am getting harassed by white police officers. I have been discriminated against by white supervisors. I may have had negative experiences at the hands of white people or my parents have. And they then or they'll really go back to slavery and then they'll they'll equate Jesus with their oppressors or those who have mistreated them and they'll say hey this reminds me too much of negativity so i don't even want anything to do with christianity if it's a white thing and i you see that all the time and that's why we have so many black supremacy uh, black supremacy cults and so that's actually a good so the thought my thought prior so i would so what we and i know doctrine and the way we in view view biblical teaching plays a part in that but do you think the visualization of jesus plays a big part in why so many uh even just as a, a introductory thought why so many black people um immediately kind of sometimes don't embrace Christianity or it becomes the wave or the popular thing to say it's a white man's religion or, um, you know, uh, the, let's go to the, the, they, they call Muslims or, uh, uh, or Islam, the faith of our people, because it's more for Brown people, even though the history doesn't really support that. But, uh, <laughs> um, but is, do you think that the depiction of him plays a big part in that? Or is it just half the story? Cause it's the picture and doctor. You're saying, do I, think that the, the does the picture of the white jesus ha- has any effect on why we got so many of these yeah, cults yeah yeah oh for sure it's, it's no i mean i've had people literally tell me that who are in these movements um <laughs> wow. people who have left christianity to become hebrew israelite or, or or something like that yes they feel as though they don't have a place in the book um or they may become uh islamic or something like that and say hey the black muslim movement gives me more of an identity if you even if you listen if we go back and go deeper into some malcolm x sermons and listen to the things he's saying, um, his sole reason for thinking Islam uh, was the right religion was that it was the religion for black people. He said it's not the, the guy who's hosing us down in the streets. Uh, we don't want to follow a religion that resembles anything like that. So this black Muslim movement uh, is more fitting for African people. So, yeah, for, there's no denying that. So and so in that, that that I think that is the. If we look at so many, and that's the effects of this, and which is crazy. If we look at so many different um, uh, cults, um, false religions that we see um, mm-hmm. in black communities often, it is the biggest crux is about 
listen, that that picture, they, they show you that that depiction of white Jesus, that all these depictions, they're not for you. And that looks like the people that may oppress you or have oppressed you or oppress your ancestors. So now what we have is a ton of religions and a ton of very uh, cults that have derived from Christianity mm-hmm. with their sole focus is on this now recreated savior, this recreated yeah. God um, to look like them. So the, so the question is, is when, so how, the, when, how, so how does that affect now what we have on the other end, this depiction of a black Jesus now, like that's mm-hmm. the new way, like, like, how, yeah. like how, how, how have you seen that play out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little harder to trace where that, where that came from, but we know at least, um in ethiopia which is a very prominent african country um and and some of those churches you know ethiopia became highly christianized so when you look on the walls in in some of those churches over in ethiopia you'll see uh an ethiopian jesus on those walls you'll see ethiopian apostles or whatnot um clearly being depicted as ethiopians there's no doubt about it so i think what we ended up seeing is that uh different cultures all over the world whether you're in japan or whether you're in europe or whether you're in america begin to depict Jesus as looking like one of them. <laughs> so you see that people's uh, identity is now being connected, um, not necessarily based on what Jesus taught or what they believe in, but more so how he looked. We feel like we are part of the in crowd if we have a Jesus that looks like us. And then, you know, you said you got the dreadlock Jesus that we've all seen. You got the, you got all type of Jesuses now. I always say like now, now everything is the, the, you know, we got uh Boris Kojo looking Jesus. We got uh, <laughs> uh, Shamar Moore Jesus and all this stuff. Now. Oh yeah. And, and it takes his ways. And it's like, I'm glad you brought that up about the different ethnicities because I, I've seen, I've seen, you know, and this is not a derogatory statement, but I've seen Jesus's depicted with slanted eyes or mm-hmm. a different skin complexion just to, to more, um, um, mimic um asian cultures and heritages and things of that sort so i've seen so many different variations of jesus and so and, and, and i don't know if it comes from this sense of wanting your own thing or wanting your own empowerment but the question is is when we look at scripture what is a more accurate understanding of him and and, and then the second question will go with that like why is that even important? Why does accuracy matter? Why does us follow? Why does that even matter? Because um, some people will say, well, it's okay for me to believe that he's black. Um, it's okay for me to believe that he's white and it's not going to affect my faith or it's not going to affect. So why, like, why is that important? Um, and what yeah. was, so we can ask for both of those. Yeah. Yeah. This is a controversial question, man. And, and I'm glad you asked me that. I, I want to, I've been wanting to address this for a long time. So it's incredibly significant that we get Jesus's ethnicity, right? Let me say that again. It's incredibly and, and, and significantly um, important that we get Jesus's ethnicity right. And here's why. The Bible is clear in the Old Testament that the Messiah whom God would send into the world must be of Israelite descent. <laughs> he must be a son of David. He must be a physical descendant of Abraham. He must be from the tribe of Judah. Okay. If he's not, then he's not the Messiah. So if we say that Jesus is European or Jesus is Egyptian or Jesus is, I don't know, Babylonian, then that's not the Messiah anymore. So it is a salvific 
a serious theological issue on that level because the Bible is clear that he must descend from that line. And if he's not, he's not truly the savior. So we have to get away from saying, well, his race doesn't matter. Well, if, his, if, if Jesus race doesn't matter, we have to explain all those messianic prophecies. Man, that, that is, man, I'm going to be honest. That's a super powerful point, man, because you, you see in this modern culture, what I find kind of interesting is now we see people railing against this uh, and mm -hmm. trying to go for his uh, historical accuracy. And then what you see, and I often, I'm being honest, I see this pushback a lot from my uh, white community or white Christians now who are like, what well, doesn't matter? You know, it doesn't matter what he is. And I, and I think that's huge because um, if you take away so many uh, prophetic mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, words from the word of God as point messianic prophecies that are pointing to the, to our savior, we know that him being a Jew <laughs> is really big. And so um, these things matter. The historical accuracy matters. Um, <clears throat> even when we talk about just for the sake of trusting the, the, the Bible and the word of yeah. God, like that becomes a big thing. Like how does that play even with the, our, our inspiration of scripture? Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, one thing that gives credence to the validity of the Bible is that much of it can be verified historically. Um, so we know that Jesus was a historical figure. You can read about him in extra biblical sources like Josephus, the first century Jewish historian or uh, the Roman historian Tacitus. Uh, Jesus was a historical figure. So if the Bible is making historical claims that are completely different from reality, then that's going to cause people to question the Bible. So if the Bible is saying that Jesus is an Israelite, but we're pushing this modern agenda that no, he is European and is okay. Um, ultimately, people who, who, who don't want to take the time and research are just going to be like, I'm done with this Christianity thing. The Bible is a fluke. So it, it, it's really not a laughing matter. Wow. Um, so what I'm going to do right now, uh, we're going to take a brief uh, five minute break. And then we're going to come back to the podcast. Um, I hope y'all loving the conversation. I super am right now at this moment. Um, so we're going to take a sponsor break and then we'll get right back. You know where I'm at right now? I'm on MessianicSupply.com and I'm actually scrolling through looking at some dope t-shirts. They got the Starter Revival in my city tee. We got the I Am Premium Long Sleeve tee. And we have the I Am Premium Fleece Crew and the Royal Messianic Classic Fleece. Fleece. So, so far, I've just peeped out about four dope uh, 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 outfits that is really going to match with everything I'm rocking with this week. So, I'm letting you know, if you do not head over to MessianicSupply.com and get you a dope t-shirt, we might have a problem and you might not be a knowledge junkie, but it's okay. Now, I'm joking, but for real, man, check it out. This episode is brought to you by MessianicSupply.com. Um, really affordable prices, uh, um, com completely support kingdom artists and uh, people who represent the kingdom of God, man, I always love that stuff, man, and, and dudes who are really out here doing positive things, so um, check it out, um, I hope you enjoying the uh, episode so far, I know I am, we're just gonna get back to it, all right, peace. And so I think when we left off in the conversation, um, we're talking about just the effects on the community and just uh, uh, even the historical accuracy and things of that sort, and why is that important, um, and so now I'm gonna move to this question, like, what is a more historically accurate depiction of Jesus? Like I often hear people, I hear this, I've heard it so many times where I just um, like, I'm like kind of like, like it just, I've hear it on radio stations. I've heard it on the breakfast club. I've heard it on everybody's podcast. They, they're like, well, Jesus is black. 
we know he's black because he got uh, hair. The scripture says he has hair of wool and uh, feet of bronze. So shoot, uh, wool is nappiness and all this other stuff. So I've heard that. So um, what is a historically accurate depiction? Is what they those passages that people randomly quote from Revelations? Is that talking about his what he looked like? And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's one of the uh, that is one of the sad results of um of people handling the Bible who don't normally read it, but trying to prove a point. So they pick it up without really looking at that, that passage in context. So yeah, just with the revelation passage, uh, that, that is not to be interpreted, interpreted, uh, literally. Uh, if we are, then it also says that he had fire in his eyes. Uh, obviously Jesus didn't walk the earth with fire in his eyes. And, and for the record, um, it, it, it never said his hair had the texture of wool. It said his hair was white like wool because wool is white they're talking about the sheepish color of wool so they're talking about a color not a texture um you know that that, that just has nothing to do with this depiction then it actually said his whole head was white so if we're, if we're gonna go there then i guess we got to turn him into a white man now because his whole head was white so it, it, john did not have um ethnicity in mind when he gave those descriptions that's why i talked about a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth that's symbolic of the word of god constantly throughout the scripture so let's just take that one off the table um but it, it, if we want to try to connect some blackness to jesus's lineage there's better ways to do it <laughs> than, than going to revelation and twisting it so let's let's talk about that if we want to talk about uh how jesus may have looked because we don't know for sure we don't have a photo but if we would if we want to make an educated guess to try to figure out how he may have looked uh we don't start with jesus we start with the israelites because Jesus is an Israelite. So if you want to know how Jesus looked as an Israelite, you want to go back in history and try to figure out how the ancient Israelites uh, would have looked like. So this is what we do. And I'm, you know, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a, take a few moments to really walk through this. So eat, cook. All right. So, so, so let's, we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, right? So we have Abraham, who was the progenitor uh, of the Israelite people. He was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Jacob, who had his name changed to Israel, who had 12 sons, who became the 12 tribes of the 12 sons of Israel, which make up the nation of Israel. As early as the 30th, 40th chapter of Genesis, we see a man named Joseph. Okay, Joseph is one of Israel's sons, meaning he is a part of the 12 tribes, right? Well, the Bible says that Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt. And when he was there, he didn't stay single. He married an Egyptian wife. Okay, Egypt is on the continent of Africa. So he married an African wife. I know there's debate over what the ancient Egyptians looked like. At the end of the day, we know they were far from European. You had black skinned people who, uh, who who lived in Egypt, and you also had brown skinned people who lived in Egypt. None of them were European. So let's just say that for the record. So Joseph marries a, a, an Egyptian brown skinned woman, and uh, they have two sons. One name of the son is Manasseh. The other son's name is Ephraim. If you're familiar at all with the 12 tribes of Israelites, there are two tribes that are by those two names. So that means that two of the heads of the tribes of Israel were actually of African descent. They were half Israelite, half Egyptian, and they are in the tribe. So we start there and we see very early on, you got African blood within the tribes of Israel. You continue to go forward and you get to the Exodus. Now in Exodus chapter 12, I believe is verse 38. 
there's a very mysterious phrase in there that is often overlooked when we talk about this topic. And it says that when the Israelites left Egypt, remember they were enslaved there. It says when they left a quote, mixed multitude accompanied them. A mixed multitude. What it means is there was a conglomerate of other nationalities and ethnicities who joined up with the nation of Israel and they all went into the wilderness to head into the promised land. So that begs the next question. Who were those mixed multitudes? Like who, who were those people? Historical research has affirmed uh, beyond debate, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that during the period of the Exodus, we're talking around from the 1500s to like the 1200s BC, um, Egypt had enslaved several different nations and brought them to Egypt. So you got some Semitic people, which are probably some Canaanites and some Amorites who, who, who came um, and lived in Egypt. And you also had some Cushites who came and were enslaved in Egypt. And all of them weren't slaves, by the way. Some were soldiers, some were uh, magicians, uh, things of that sort. But the, the, these Cushites are now in Egypt, right? They're in Egypt. And, and, and when I say Cushite, for those who don't know, that's talking about black Africans. Okay, we're not talking about, you know, light-skinned Middle Eastern. No, we're talking about black Africans. Think of the Sudan. That is what we're talking about when we use the word um, Cushite, right? So you have these Cushites who are in Egypt during the time of the Exodus. Because of this, scholars draw a conclusion that it is of high likely probability that Cushites were among the mixed multitude of nations that accompanied Israel. Now, to give that some credence, to prove that that's a high possibility, is that later in the book of Numbers, something happens. Moses marries a Cushite woman. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I thought it was only Israelites who left Egypt and went into the wilderness. If that's true, where this African woman come from? She was already in Egypt because the Egyptians enslaved Cushites. So that's where this, I'm sorry, that's where this uh, Cushite woman came from, this black African woman. Moses uh, saw her. She was there when they left the Exodus, when they left Egypt, and he took her as his wife, right? Furthermore, you go over to the book of Leviticus, and here's for me, this is probably the smoking gun. <laughs> this mm. is probably the smoking gun right here. You get to the book of Leviticus, I believe, chapter 24. And we're told about a man by the name of Phineas. His name is Phineas. Starts with a PH. Uh, Phineas is the son of Eleazar, who was Aaron's son. So uh, Aaron has a son by the name of Eleazar, who was a Levite, Israelite from the tribe of Levi. And him and his wife uh, have a son named Phineas, right? Phineas, when you do the etymology of the name, it actually is translated as the Negro or mm. the Nubian or even more literally dark skin. Mm. And it's not for creative purposes. It's because Phineas was a black man. That's just, that's just <laughs> what he was. His father was Israelite. His mother was likely Cushite or of some type of Egyptian origin. So when he came out as a uh, half black, half Israelite. So mm. early, early on, we see this, uh, Israelite blood mingling with African blood as they were intermarrying. And then it continues on, uh, you know, through Jewish history. We know Israelites were scattered all over the world. And, 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 and for that reason, we, we take our way all the way up to the times of Jesus. And what do we see? You look at his lineage and you have, uh, you know, clearly he's a, he's a descendant of David. 
Um, but it doesn't change the fact that early on you had African blood mixed with his lineage, which would have gave Jesus over a period of time a brown skin complexion. Now, I'm not saying he had to be as brown as me. I'm not saying he had a wide nose and big lips. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he was far, far from European. Uh, he most likely uh, he would have been a middle brown to light brown skin Israelite man. Wouldn't have been European. Wouldn't have been black African like a Sudanese individual, but he would have been brown skin. Yeah, that, I think that's huge, and I, I love I love the breakdown. And uh, I think we have to get down to historical accuracy um, on these things, um, mm -hmm. and because the the reality of it is, is we're looking at uh, someone who was melanated, um, someone who 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 was melanated. He. Uh, was a Middle Eastern, and we're looking at somebody who has African, um, or as we would say, uh, dark-skinned African um, in his roots, in his lineage. <clears throat> and so I think that that is huge, and I think that's important uh, for people to understand. Um, the question is now, so we we covered a lot of ground. We talked about yeah. we talked we talked about the effects of like where the origins of this depiction of a European Jesus. How early on they, the the pictures of him and carvings and statues, and then we've moved to this more historical view of who he was, this Jewish person, and why it's important. What does does what does any of this have to do? personally with my faith journey like what is the importance does it have any bearing on my south my salvation does like I, i'm a believer like it does it have any bearing on my salvation um what how does that play um with anything yes so uh, you know as i stated earlier when we're dealing with the ethnicity of jesus it is important that we get his ethnicity right but in regards to personal salvation um does jesus's color uh whether he's light or brown, does, does that affect uh, whether or not I could have a relationship with him? Absolutely not. It has no bearing on that at all. In fact, even dating back to the sources I just mentioned in Exodus, uh, those mixed multitudes of individuals who accompanied Israel, after the Israelites circumcised them, they were able to take part in the Passover, which we know is a foreshadow of the crucifixion of Jesus, which is the epitome of the Israelite faith, the significant, most significant holiday in Israelite history. So the fact that Kushites were invited to partake of that, even though they were not physically Israelites, goes to show you that one's identity and value and, and union with 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 the God of Israel has nothing to do with ethnicity, but it has everything to do with who you believe in. So, yeah, we, we become children of God. We become descendants of Abraham by faith in Jesus and by following him, not by being born into a particular family. Wow. Wow. See, I think. Man, it's so crazy. Man. I just think that that these conversations need to be had because um, there is this, you know, like we said, we got so many cults, and let's call them what they are. They're cults. They're called Hebrew yeah. Israelites cults. These derivatives of cults that have spawned off, and their whole thing is cultural identity. Um, we find our identity, um, um, our faith identity, and our skin color, and our and it plays a part into privileges that come to us. Um, in the kingdom because of our skin color, like it becomes mm -hmm. uh, all about salvation. Some people will go as far as to saying that only African-Americans can be saved kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, or even in the kingdom, everybody who's not melanated will be slaves. Like it's just it, it, it goes <laughs> it right. goes off the charts and, and it impacts it. Um, 
and I think it's humongous um, um, to our faith journey. And I think, and you, and you, you, uh, of course, agree, but it's the it plays so much for human value. Um, mm. People have manipulated this this topic and this conversation so much um, to either bring undue unneeded pride to a people group or unneeded oppression to a people group. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy is that the intent of Jesus was to do neither. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. The, the fact that we are made in his image and the fact that we are created by God gives us all value and respect. And the fact that we have a savior it, it, it now gives us an eternity in the kingdom of God. So it's all about showing us our worth and our value mm-hmm. um, in the light of a God that loves us. But all these arguments about black Jesus, white Jesus, and all these historical inaccuracies are doing the direct opposite. Um, like, What are your thoughts? You, you want to say some more on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, 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 um, and, and, you know, part of it is our fault for not having these discussions enough. Um, we, we can't blame people for being in ignorance if we don't tell them, the, you know, the historical truth of, of, of how the ancient Israelites would have looked. And if we don't address these issues and I'm talking about whether you're white church or black church, history matters. Hist- historical accuracy is important because at the end of the day, if we are Christians and if, if we're standing on the Bible, then we just need to be telling the truth, whether it's on a doctrinal issue, a theological matter or a historical matter. People need to know the truth. And, and I'll say this. You know, there's kind of a a misunderstanding of, hey, don't say that the reason you got Hebrew Israelites out here is because of white Jesus pictures. The reason you got Hebrew Israelites is because of sin and unbelief. You know, that (laughs) the type of sentiments that you typically hear. And I'll say in response to that, well, of course, it's because of sin and unbelief, but there's still a means to an end. Like there are things that contribute to unbelief. For example, Jesus tells an awesome story called the parable of the sower. And in this parable, he gives four scenarios. One of those individuals are genuinely converted. The other three scenarios represent individuals who are not. Well, the reason those other three individuals were not saved was not just, hey, they're sinners. So they just didn't believe. No, it says this one got caught up with the worries of the riches of this world. So he fell away. And this one uh, was afflicted and persecuted because of the word. So he fell away. And this one, the devil came and snatched away the word. So he never even understood it. So he fell away. So there are reasons that contribute to people's unbelief. So yes, in my context and in urban African-American context, people who think that Jesus was a white guy and that the Bible is all about white people, that is a stumbling block for them. And we need to correct it. Now, look, if the Bible said that Jesus was supposed to be a European man who died for our sins, then fine. We're going to I will be on here defending that like the brother was European. That's what the Bible say. So we need to tell the truth, whether we like it or whether we don't. No, I man, um, I would say uh, they say big old facts. (laughs) That's the word, man. Mm -hmm. I I, I say I I truly say facts on facts. Um, Amen. 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 Um, In this in this current world, um, it's. I'm a huge man. Everybody know me. I'm huge on history. I'm huge on all that, mm-hmm. man. And I think, I think these conversations need to be had. We need to stop running from it. And I, and I would implore any listeners, anybody out here, period, to stop saying things like 
these conversations, it doesn't matter. Jesus' complexion doesn't matter. The, the, the origins of Jesus doesn't matter because it's impacting people. And I think that to me, and this is my personal opinion, I'm not taking shots at anybody. I'm not out here trying to yeah. dog anybody. But what I am going to say is that I think the reason why people now want to say um, the, the, the ethnicity doesn't matter is because it is no longer being viewed in that person's favor. And so now yeah. the conversation is no longer, we not, we're challenging, changing. It, it would say, well, if it doesn't matter, then take the pictures down. If it doesn't, exactly. if it doesn't matter, st- I still purchase um, theology books to this day by modern theologians, by modern theologians who on the cover of their book show the apostle Paul depicted as like a European full blooded, like <laughs> European. And I see it all the time of every figure being. And so it's like, well, if it doesn't matter, then why even put it on the cover? Why even Absolutely. do that? And so it must, it must matter in some way. It must have some significance to it. So I think overall what the church probably should start doing is uh, uh, researching, looking the Bible in this context um, doing their research and having a historical, accurate view of Jesus, the Jew from Nazareth, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and champion that so people can look at the scriptures and say, well, we trust it for its historical accuracy. It's the same Bible we trust about our salvation. Um, uh, love the conversation. I'm going to give you, I got one, I, one last question. I always ask everybody, yeah, yeah, I, for sure. any other comments, anything you want to share that you feel like people should know or be implored black, white, doesn't matter what, uh, ethnicity they are believer, non-believer, anybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, just, just, you know, an author that I read on this subject, he had a very powerful quote. Um, and he says something along the lines, he says that if he says, uh, you know, when you look at a map, Clearly, you see the continent of Africa. And then on the outskirts of Egypt, you see this little piece of land called Israel. And what he said is that uh, before uh, white Europeans drew up the maps, there was no continental distinction between Egypt and Israel. <laughs> so it's like there, there was no difference as far as where the, the land was actually placed. So just on a geographical standpoint, it shouldn't be hard for us to realize why there was so much African mixing going on with the Israelites. So I just want to make that point. And I also want to say this, um, you know, if I'm a vegetarian and you invite me to a party where all they got is ribs and chicken, all right, I'm not going to feel like I fit in in that room. Mm. <laughs> I gonna feel like I fit in because I'm like, wow, nobody, no salads. You must not want me here if you didn't at least provide a salad. That's how a lot of people feel when 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 they when they see the white depictions of Jesus. They say, wow, all these white people in here, don't nobody look like me. And, and here, here's my advice to them. Uh, my first advice would be uh, don't try to find a black Jesus just because of that. My first word of advice to them would be, here's the thing. From the very beginning, God's intention was to be a blessing to every nation. According mm-hmm. to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 15. So from the outset, God never said, my religion, my book is for this people and nobody else. It was always intended for every nationality. So the first thing I would tell them is, look, man, you're, even if it is all white people in this Bible, understand that your identity is in the God of Israel who was manifested in the person of Jesus Christ, who was God in human flesh. Find your identity in that, not in color. That would be my first word of advice. And my second word of advice would be everything we talked about today. For the record, he wasn't white. So you don't even have nothing to worry about. 
Wow. Wow. That, that's basically it, man. No, nah, that's dope. That's dope. I love it. I love it. Um, so um, the, the, the podcast is Knowledge Junkies. And the reason uh, I always tell people, if you hear it and think, reason why is because um, I believe uh, one of my favorite passages, uh, Proverbs 4, 7, um, it says, if it costs everything you have, gain understanding. And I, I truly believe mm-hmm. that um, understanding history, doing research, getting knowledge, um, and not just any old knowledge, but the truth, the truth that is supported by God's word. Um, it affirms all of the other truths <laughs> that we see in reality. And so I always want people to ultimately seek after the truth and seek after knowledge. And ultimately, I truly believe that will always lead you toward closeness and intimacy with God. Um, the the question I have to you, so I'm actually throw, I'm going mm-hmm. to throw two questions at you. So- okay. What is, even on this study, if I was somebody who said, hey, on this study, what what book that I could pick up that would be like, blow my mind on this topic um, uh, about um, the ethnicity or the people group that Jesus came from, or even just about Africans in the Bible as a whole? You're muted. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, I, I got a couple of different sources. Uh, I, for starters, I'll give them um, this one. It's called uh, the Routledge Handbook of Early Christian Art. That'll give you a lot of the information that we discussed earlier um, about where those paintings come from. Now, he's not dealing more really with the Renaissance age too much. He's dealing with early history, second, third, fourth century around that time. Um, so I, w- I would definitely grab that if you're interested in the art. Now, look, it's not a super exciting book, so don't get it with your popcorn out. Like, it's, you're going to have this blast reading it. It's not a very fun book unless you're into that type of stuff, but it will give you the knowledge you need. And uh, the last two uh, that I would recommend is this is by J. Daniel Hayes. Uh, the book is called From Every People and Nation, A Biblical Theology of Race. Uh, this will give you a very rich understanding of how the biblical authors view race in general. And it'll also give you some deep information about the African presence in the Bible. And then lastly, uh, the book is called uh, Black Man's Religion. Can Christianity be Afrocentric by Glenn Usery and Dr. Craig Keener, who's actually a white guy. Um, This book will also give you a lot of information about how the ancient Egyptians would have looked, how how the ancient Israelites would have looked and how Christianity is a religion uh, for black people and everybody for that matter. So. Those are three sources. They're pretty easy reads for the most part. So I will grab those. All right. That's dope. And then, so I always say, I said, I got a Zinger question for you. Unrelated to the topic, man, what is a book that you have read in the past year that I always, I, I, you know, I, I love to read as well, just like you. And, you know, sometimes I read mm-hmm. books and I put them back on the shelf and I'm like, man, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but there are certain books. I always say they always encounter about two or three books a year sometimes. And sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's only one, though. But it's that book in the past year that I read. And I'm like, man, that book was transformational to my understanding, to my walk in Christ, to a lot of things. So in the recent times, what's a book that has impacted you um, a lot? Oh, man, that is a good question. Um, I could probably name a couple. Uh, but I, I'm gonna go with Dr. Michael Heiser's The Unseen Realm. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go with that. I'm really into the to the Near Eastern background and cultures, and I'm really into weird supernatural stuff. Uh, and he stimulates all them buttons in that book. So, yeah, The Unseen Realm by Dr. Michael Heiser, just talking about 
uh, the Hebrew understanding of angelic beings and heavenly hosts and things of that sort. Oh, man, you sorry. Start talking that divine council talk. Yeah, that that's divine a, council. <laughs> that's a whole nother one. That's going to mess everybody up. That's a whole nother yeah, podcast topic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, uh, thank you. Um, uh, like I say, man, uh, Pastor Brian Henderson, um, uh, Livingstone's Church um, in uh, Cleveland Heights or South Euclid? We, we, South Euclid. That's going to be our target area right now because of this pandemic. Everything is on Zoom. So we got... We got we got the the virtual service going for the time being. Okay, okay, man. Um, uh, follow him on. Um, he's on Facebook, uh, primarily on social media. Um, he's not a huge social media guy, so I don't even know. Do you even have like a Twitter or Instagram? Man, uh, I have a Twitter, and Instagram, but I don't really <laughs> use them. Uh, if I want to hear some somebody making beats on Instagram, I hop on Instagram, but I don't have a single post on there. But I'm on Facebook. I'm back. I've reactivated it. I'm doing good. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Facebook. You can find me on there. Okay, yeah, man, so check them out, man. Uh, um, uh, prolific preacher, uh, uh, really awesome, careful pastor. Um, love the brother. Like I said, he's my best friend. I know them for, like I said, I lost count. Um, and so, um, if you guys want to uh, check out any of this material, um, the books that was referenced, I always I put links, and this is the reason why I put the links down there and any quotes, and I try to put down is because in this age period like mm -hmm. information is we're flooded with information I, I forgot where i hold it but they said within the last 10 years we have created more information than we have in the whole of history in the mm -hmm. past 10 years and that's because of the internet and so now everyone can click on a meme that says xyz or click on a link from some weird youtube and repost it and it's not based on any fact or any right. history or any quote and so like i always tell you guys i'm going to put the links down in there so you, as they say we bring the receipts and so everything has its sources and everything and as such um once again thank you bro um Anytime, and man. um and i always tell you guys man um keep reading keep studying um, I'm, and, and literally, man, just keep getting your fix of knowledge, man. However you get it, um, the best source to get it is from the word of God, man. So you already know. Um, but yeah, peace.